What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we are going to catch up on everything going on in the NFL lately. We'll give our thoughts on this season of Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll also talk about some of the quarterback battles going on across the league. And of course, we'll discuss what's going on between both the Rams and Seahawks this offseason. All this and more on episode 208 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 208 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own. Tyler Pacholke, what's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's been an exciting off season, and I'm ready for for some for some games to come. Yes, football and basketball. Yes, quick. Uh, we we spent a lot of time this off season talking about basketball, um, and really this summer in general. But uh, I figured this week, since September is a week away now, we do do an all football episode, and so first. We got to let everybody know we're back for another year of the TSK show fantasy football league. Yes. We got the draft order set a couple of nights ago. Yep. Uh, we, we filmed it. Uh, I don't know if people had the chance to see it on no, Tyler's I, Instagram. I, it, it looked like most people got a chance to check it out. All right, cool. Well, I think all but like three guys watched it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I was talking about the fans in general, but I, I oh, hope yeah, everybody yeah. from the league saw it. Yep. Yep. They, uh, they were they were trustworthy in the process, drawing it out of the trophy. Um, yes, that was pretty cool that we had the trophy to, yeah. to draw the the names out of. Yes. Sir. So why don't you run through the the draft order real quick? Yeah. So um, with the with the first pick is is my boy Alex Mazzal. Uh and then we got uh, Jordan Carlson, a, a a loyal TSK show fan at number yes. two. Then we got Corey at number three, uh, Chad at number four. That's pretty that's pretty scary. Corey and Chad are both very competitive every year. Chad's a former champion as well. Former champ, and then I think this was a this was nice um, that they got in early. The two new guys went the next two at uh, five and six. So shout out Derek Dirty, Dirty. Um, joining the league. He the Minshew's mullets, great <laughs> name. And then we got Eric Walsingham uh, also joining us this year. Um, former TSK show guest and big time Dolphins fan. Exactly. It's always good that we have a pretty good diverse fan base. In our we league. really do. Aside, yeah. I mean, obviously we got the Seahawks crew, but everybody and, else. Yeah, and I mean, what we got only only two Rams people. Yeah, two Rams people, Cowboys, Giants, Dolphins, Giants. What else? Broncos. We got? Oh yeah, Kieran's a, a Broncos fan. Cowboys, Giants. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. So, uh, at number seven, uh, we got Nico. Yep. At number eight, we got Nick Millie. We got the Duke of Sports. Yep. And at nine, we got your boy. Yes, TP. So me, you, and Nico draft on top of each other. I think this is the second year in a row that that's happened. I believe you're correct. Right after me, we got Blake Show, uh, Blake Anthony, another former guest. Um, then at number eleven, we got Sweeney, uh, another former champion. Yes. Uh, at number twelve, we got Stephen, Stephen Rowland, and uh, at the last two picks, we're going with Kieran. And then we're going with Brett. Gotta so, love it. Brett getting the last pick was uh, was <laughs> quite the cut. moment. It was pretty. It, it was, was quite, quite the, moment. the moment. And then Kieran, man, I think that he needs to just start telling people he's right-handed because <laughs> being left-handed is just not working out. Unlucky number thirteen for him. I think that I think that I heard he got the last pick in his other league. 
Oh, that's even it, worse. And it's a 14-team league as well. But, I mean, there is kind of the benefit. No, no, no. There's benefits for sure, especially in a keeper's league. Yes, and that is true for our league. We do have a keeper league. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice that, like, um, the owner of Saquon, the owner of Dalvin Cook, and the owner of Christian McCaffrey all got top four picks. Yeah. So, essentially, like, they didn't get, you know, like, if you were to get a back four pick and have, you know, a Dalvin, a, a McCaffrey, or a um or saquon like that would be insane value definitely now uh like i said it's a two-person keeper league tyler who did you decide to keep i went with the young gun jonathan taylor trying to find that kind of like franchise back that can be a year in year out keeper um and then i went with keenan allen keenan allen in the second uh as my second keeper i went with purely it's kind of outside the ranking like it's not necessarily analytics i guess wouldn't say it's necessarily a great keeper but i'm i'm fully in on herbert and i'm fully in on the chargers offense to just kind of be that that team this year to pop off um so i'm looking for keenan allen's value higher than what everybody else's well and i think keenan allen realistically fantasy wise or not is one of the most underrated receivers in the league i think he can get touchdowns he can get yards and herbert could pass for five thousand yards this year so um I I went with uh, I purely went with Keenan Allen. There was a lot of I had a couple guys in that tier that I could have went with. Um, you know, take it. To, you know, take a Mike Evans. Mike Evans is probably pretty similar uh, skill wise. David Montgomery was rated pretty highly. Um, or take a shot on someone like Michael Thomas, which you know you don't really know what his future holds, but it's a big name. Yeah, definitely. Now my keepers were Julio Jones and Cooper Cup. Obviously, Cooper Cup, the hometown favorite hometown it's good player to get, it's good to get somebody that's on your team yes but also i think realistically he's looking to have a bounce back year in general with yeah. a new quarterback in matthew stafford and i think that's going to bode well for him all the rams are all there's four rams receivers on my fantasy draft board uh well three i guess you kept cup yes uh, Bob Woods is legit. I'm, yes. I'm not a huge Bob Woods guy, but I think that with Stafford in this offense, Stafford McVay, then the three wide receiver sets can be dangerous. So Cup and Woods are a no brainer. Van Jefferson and Deshaun are very intriguing late round sleeper picks. Definitely. Because either one of those guys on any given week could be the number three guy. And those guys can take the top off the defense. And Deshaun could have like a 50 yard touchdown one game. And I tell you what, if you have Deshaun Jackson on your team, start him week one. If you're playing daily fantasy, get Deshaun <laughs> in your lineup week one. And then my other keeper was of course, Julio Jones, new environment in Tennessee, new quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Hopefully he can get some touchdowns. Yeah. See, I'm one to subscribe to um, the Titans like be getting better like henry is going to get better um aj brown's going to get better Tannehill's going to get better with julio i don't think it takes away anything you know people want to say like you know is derrick henry going to hit a wall because he he's not getting all he won't get as many care i it just football take, doesn't it it's not like basketball so... it's not like basketball where it's like this guy takes away from this guy's shot attempts it's it's not really like that the, no, the teams know how much time they're going to run the ball and how many times they're well, going to throw the, the opportunities ball. are so much better when you're a balanced offense. So it, even if he drops five carries per game, all of those carries are going to be so much better because these, these teams have to guard so much more. Right. They complement each other. Right. Um, and, and it's like, man, the, it's going to be tough to play Tennessee this year. If you, if you've got, if you've got seven guys in the box, Derek Henry is going to get the ball hundred percent of the time. And it's going to be five yards every time. You know what I mean? And if you go eight guys in the box, now they have Julio Jones complimenting an A.J. Brown with an athletic quarterback. I mean, that's that's problems. Definitely. So, I mean, hey, another year of the fantasy, the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. And, Tyler, you are the defending champ. Defending champ, commissioner. <laughs> yep. People think there's some collusion with that, but, hey. Hey, they, they, they're playing the same game I'm playing. Yes, they are. And we got the draft. Uh, coming up next weekend yeah so i kind of broke the offseason down like like an nba nfl offseason giving people a little bit of tyler little... was fury like not like not furious in a in a bad way but like he was just on top of it with all of the texts leading up to 
when yeah. all of the dates we needed to have everything I, submitted I tried to by. over-communicate. It's it was, ex, no, it's you expen- didn't over-communicate at all. It was great. I it's loved an, it. It's an expensive league. I want people to think that it's being ran fairly. No, and, we're taking it legit. serious. And, and it is serious. I, I think most people um, are are pretty pretty legit. You know, um, They're all competitive, so it's going to be a fun year. This week, we're going to do the first two rounds, which are our keeper rounds. Only be, I, th- I think it's nine picks in total, and then next uh, next Sunday, Labor Day weekend, we got our draft. Yeah, and for for those that don't know, in keeper leagues, if you like, for instance, our keeper league is a two person keeper league. Yeah. We, if like for instance, both Tyler and I kept two players, yeah. we do not get a first and a second round pick. Our first pick in the draft will be in the th- in the third round. Yeah. So basically, the exactly. keepers are giving up our f- two f- first. First and second round picks. Yep. You keep one. Uh, you keep one. You forfeit your first rounder. You keep two. You forfeit your first and your second rounder. You keep zero. Um, you maintain your spot in the uh, in the draft in the first and second round. Yep. So, yeah, next weekend, Labor Day weekend, we got the the big draft. And uh, we'll, we will obviously be keeping all of you updated on what's been going on in the league on a week-to-week basis. So uh, we can let you know how Tyler and I are doing. Gonna be good. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we talk about what's been going on in the NFL lately, in the real world, not the fantasy world, I gotta let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com. Dre number zero two zero six eight three one one. About that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So, Tyler, we are just about two weeks away from the first Thursday night football game to kick off the season between the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. So I figured we'd just start with uh, a few headlines from around the league. Then we can get into some quarterback competitions that have been going on in training camp. And then obviously we got the hometown headlines with what's been going on with the Rams and Seahawks this off season. And then we'll wrap it up with some hard knocks. How about that? Let's do it. All right. So the first headline that I have for you is the president of the Washington football team, Jason Wright, told Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show. Everybody knows I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan and a fan of his show. I I listen to it every day. So Jason Wright, the president of the Washington football team, was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he told Pat McAfee that next year the Washington football team will officially announce their new name as part of their 90th year celebration. It's their 90th year as a team next year. So they figured what could be a better way to celebrate that than giving us a new name. So what do you think it's going to be? Man, interesting. Yeah, that'll be it'll, be. it'll be interesting to see if they completely rebrand. Well, okay, so Jason Wright did colors. say. No, they're, they're keeping the colors and all of that. But Jason Wright did say that, uh, obviously, I think one of the, the names that has been brought up has been the Warriors. Yep, and it's kind of the obvious. You would think, but what Jason Wright said is he had talked to some Native Americans and people from that uh, culture, and he said that they said that using warriors is still kind of yeah. You're you're flirting with the same problem. Yeah, you're 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 tiptoeing the line, yeah. and so they just want to really go away from that yeah. no, altogether. Smart. Yep, and being the nation's capital, I think that's probably. Good, good move. Yeah. So, I mean, the bullets went from bullets to wizards. So, <laughs> yeah, but that was for a whole other obvious reason. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying those are the kind of things you deal with at being the nation's capital. There is you do got to just go all the way away from that shit. Definitely. Um, 
I have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, like, you could play, I think you could, there's there's some, you know, choices playing off of the, you know, the capital itself. For sure. The capitals, the, you know, the, the well, senators. Well, there's already, the, two hockey teams are already named that. Already, yeah, but though. so that, I mean, it's not, it's not unlike sports teams to have no. multiples. Um, so I think you could eventually see something playing off of, um, you know, just the political uh, vibe of the capital. Yeah. I think that's probably... The justices. That'd be pretty cool. I mean... The Washington he, justices. Yeah, you know, you could see something mm. different. It'll be hard because the colors, though. So you could just see something, you know, maybe an animal, but whatever their state bird is or, you know, just because, like, red, like crimson and yellow might be weird for, like, a senator's or capital. So, like, all right, here we go. Team. I just looked up Washington football team potential names, and I should have done this research before the show, but, hey, we'll do it live. Um, Pro Football Talk had an article on August 19th saying the eight names that have identified, or hold on. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's going to be something that we can't think of. You know, it's going to be something out of the blue. All right. So, well, okay. All right. An animal would be a good, a, a good way to do it, honestly. So this Pro Football Talk article says there was a video that had a selection of names that popped up. And some of the names were Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, and then Washington football team. See, the... When we talked about this when the team got canceled, I thought that the obvious choice was to play off the fans and be in the Hogs. Yeah. The Razorbacks. Yeah. The Red Hogs. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to – I feel like I'm, I feel pretty good about that. I think The Washington Red Hogs. I think Red Hogs, Razorbacks, hot, Wild Hogs. <laughs> I think the Washington Commanders is kind of cool. All, all those are legit, and those are all kind of in that, that spectrum of, of – like Washington D.C. being yeah, like government, our, military. Yeah, our capital, our leadership. Definitely. So, all right. I mean, hey, we'll just have to wait another year and see. And Razorbacks and Red Hogs and Hogs and Wild Hogs, all that stuff kind of works with the colors too. Definitely. I just think it's hard to be like some sort of military, political, um, you know, type of name and be r red and yellow. Like those aren't our colors. You know. Yeah. Those aren't our soldiers' colors. Those aren't our leaders' colors. Those yeah. aren't tied to Washington, D.C. outside of the football team at all. Yeah, I think they would have to try and do something with the color scheme if they didn't go with something like that. Yeah. So, all right. Next thing. Now, we haven't really talked about it a lot, uh, but obviously the pandemic is still going on. Yeah. I, I know someone personally that just got COVID and they are vaccinated. Yeah, um, I, I actually do too. So, yeah, it's it's still pretty crazy. But in the world of sports and in the NFL world, we've seen a bunch of stuff this offseason regarding the differences in what vaccinated and unvaccinated players and personnel, team personnel can can and can't do. Now, we clearly know that there are a percentage of players out there who aren't vaccinated. And then on the opposite side of that, the Falcons claim that they're the first team to have 100% of their players vaccinated. So, I mean, what kind of impact do you think COVID is going to have on this season? I think the, the NFL is making it abundantly yeah. clear that life will be much harder for players that are unvaccinated in terms of COVID-19 protocols and restrictions for what players can and can't do at home or on the road and all that type of stuff. So, Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's going to play a big factor. It played a big factor last year. We had teams without coaches, teams without quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of crazy stuff last Games year. rescheduled. Games rescheduled, uh, you know, to have extreme, like, runs of weeks in a row with the game. Um, it's going to affect the season this year almost guaranteed. And uh, and I'm glad that they're being so harsh with the the team penalty. Um, and and it's, it's tough because I think if you're not vaccinated – and and you try to go through all these hoops for this entire year, odds are something's going to happen. I mean, well, Cole Beasley got sent home. Cam Newton's been sent home. The the, the amount of new cases right now uh, uh, among the unvaccinated is is remarkable. I mean, it's another 
it's another pandemic. It's essentially a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think you're playing with fire and, and you're really going to let your team down and eventually it's going to come to, you know, there's going to be, a, there's going to be an immense amount of pressure to get the vaccine or kind of like get out of the way, you know, um, yeah, which is going to be doubt. tough. I mean, look at Kirk Cousins in his scenario. He's not getting vaccinated. He's he's been very vocal about it. He's been very vocal, and and it, and it's like you know you're putting your team at danger. I know that he's going to go through every every step that he can not to get it outside of getting the vaccine. He's gonna yeah. It would take every single step except that, and and you know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to to stay away from all that. If you're a professional football player that you're you work in an environment where there's a lot of people all the time well and i mean with physical contact like i said i mean the nfl Kirk cousins can be fine if he plays against a defensive player you know or if he plays you know if if there's a medical worker or someone on the team a staff member that needs to be close to him you know he can take precautions but you need you're relying on other people to take precautions as well yeah and i mean listen like i said the nfl's making it very clear that life will be much harder for players that are unvaccinated versus players that are vaccinated. And and even last month, Tom Palacero of the NFL Network reported that the NFL sent a memo to teams saying that if a game can't be rescheduled due to a COVID-19 outbreak of unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit the game and would be credited with a loss. So there's going to be legit... big time. There's going to be legit competitive advantages for players that are vaccinated it's another it's another year where you're going to be playing against your opponent and playing against covid and yeah the, and essentially the vaccine it's uh it's too bad that this is the case you know i mean it's it's just it's it's tough you know you 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 could hope that you're in a perfect scenario where everyone's safe but it's just when it comes to people's choices um you know people are going to make decisions differently yeah and I mean, listen, I think the and NFL is one of the most diverse leagues in terms of where guys come from and their backgrounds and all of that. Yeah. I mean, it's a personal choice, but at the same time, you you have to, you're, t- you, you make decisions as a teammate in every other aspect of your life. No, every you know team, I mean? like pro pro players are, are good teammates. It's tough to make it that far without being, unless you're just absurdly talented. Like right. these guys are team oriented people no you make sacrifices for the team as as a player and and you got you want to do things to to win and i I mean this is going to turn into one of those things i respect the fact that it's a personal choice but you're also your personal choice needs to you know have the team in mind well and i mean you need to to act as part of one and most people would say your personal choices should most more than more than not let me get this right. Your personal choices shouldn't negatively impact others more times than not. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, you have we have all these rights and we have all these freedoms, but our rights and freedoms can't infringe on other people's rights and freedoms. Right. And that's I mean, that's in all aspects. So, yeah, I think I think you you've put it perfectly and it's it's kind of what we've talked about as a theme in all of sports really since the pandemic is you're not only going against your opponent across the field or across the quarter of the pitcher and the batter. It's like, you're also going up against COVID now. Yep. And And it's going to be there. It's very much still a thing. Yep. Very much. And it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. No. So, I mean, it's, it's just going to be something we, we have to monitor, but all right. The, the next thing we got Aaron Rodgers back in green Bay, so far, so good. Everything seems to be civil and and all good at least on the surface. Um, what pretty, are we expecting yeah, from pre- the Packers? This pretty year? crazy, uh, pretty crazy scenario. Um, I really didn't know how this would play out, um, and and now that it has, the Packers are top five team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's listen, what it is. He's going to be on another MVP level. Oh, he's definitely going scorched earth again this year. It's it's yeah, they're going to be. If everyone's healthy, I mean, yeah. getting Randall Cobb and if he can contribute. Randall Cobb's another fantasy guy that you need to watch out for. If he can contribute the way he did before leaving the Packers and and if Father Time hasn't caught up to him quite yet, he's going to have a major impact on this Packers he, he, team. He won't have the same, you know, like obviously Father Time has done a little damage already. Um, but what he brings is reliability, stability. He He may not be the big play guy, but. He's always going to be a guy that's on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. I, I see him in a lot of scenarios where, you know, hot hot reads, 
blitz comes, get it out of your hand quick to to cob in space. Well, quarterbacks love security you know, blankets. Uh, yeah, and so he'll he'll very much be that guy. I think you know on third downs, on on hot reads, on on audibles. Cobb's always going to be on the same pace. Devontae Adams is going to be the playmaker. Yeah. So Cobb's is always going to be one on one or 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 fighting his own. And um, you know, if 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 that's the scenario and he's on the same page as Rogers, they're going to be it's going to be a nice compliment. Not huge numbers, but a a, a very a very nice compliment in in real life football. Definitely. Now the other quarterback uh, drama that made headlines. This offseason, of course, was Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's going through the legal issues. And before all of that had come up, he had requested a trade from the Texans. He wants out. He doesn't want to be there. But when training camp did start, he showed up. He obviously, I think, was trying to avoid those $50,000 a day fines and all of that. But, Tyler, we were talking yeah. before we recorded, and he's out there playing like free safety and yeah. listed as the fourth QB on the depth depth chart right yeah. now. It's a bad, bad scenario. It's about, I mean, it's got to be, it must be so hard for the Texans organization, the players, Deshaun, like, you know, I mean, it's an awkward thing. Someone showing up just to show up and, and knowing what he can actually do on a football field, but not being able to use it. And, and, you know, his future being up in the air at such a, such a young age. Um, and it's, and he's so polarizing. I mean, he is a legit talent in this league. Oh yeah. Um, Good. Dabo Sweeney said he would be the Michael Jordan of football coming out of Clemson. Yeah, and I mean he is—he's extraordinary. I mean he's a great talent, but this is a big mess. It's going to be tough, and it's sad to see somebody that could possibly—I mean it looks like he's going to lose a year of his prime to this. Yeah, um, it doesn't look like he's going to be suited up on Sundays anytime soon. Well, and I mean going back to the the trade demand or request, whatever. I mean, I just I don't know how the Texans can trade him because I don't know how they any can't. team would want to you know, bring him in to, to what they're doing. You can't trade him for a seventh round pick because he's Deshaun Watson, and I mean, you just can't bring him into your organization because you don't know what his future holds. Right exactly, now. Um, his future is kind of in the balance, <laughs> for what we say, and in a in a uh, you know in a law a law sense. So he's got all of his legal battles that will kind of dictate what his what his football career is going to look like. So, I mean, only time can tell with Deshaun. I don't see him playing until this is all, all this uh, legal stuff is settled. And depending on how that outcome is, you know, he, he may not be playing for a long time yeah, or I mean, ever again. Yeah. I mean, with the FBI getting involved, who knows when all of this could end? It, it could be, yeah. I mean, it could be a thing that we, we just don't know. It could be a thing where he's playing, by the end of the year or next season, or it could be we never see him play again. It, it really is that dramatic. Yeah. Now, all right, Carson Wentz had foot surgery a couple of weeks ago, and it was originally reported he was going to be out 5 to 12 weeks, but he was back out there for the Colts this week doing some light work, and there is some belief that he might be able to go for week one, and if he does start week one, that would be a few days shy of – the best case scenario, like five week mark of that diagnosis. So, I mean, if Carson Wentz can be out there for the Colts, I think they have a really good chance at contending in the AFC, at least to get into the playoffs as yeah. as a contender. They might not be a Super Bowl team. The, everything would really have to fall right for them. But I mean, if he's healthy, it's yeah. I was really excited for the Colts and Carson to get this opportunity. I thought it was a great match because this is a team that's ready to pop. Great offensive line, good running game. Um, they have a they have a great defense. They're they're a well built inside out football team. Um, their talent isn't necessarily on the outsides, but Carson Wentz could bring a lot to the table. Uh, and, and I thought I thought a you know a fresh start, but any sort of injury lingering around with that guy, it's it's tough to be fully confident. Well, and apparently the injury was from high school. Yeah, so it's just like I mean he he he's been injury prone and and. That affected his reckless playing style, which was what made him great. Now I think that he still has a lot of talent as as a thrower um, and as an athlete in general. So if he's healthy, he could be a great, he could be the perfect fit for this Colts team. And and I think they got enough juice to make a playoff run. Yeah. Do I see them as a playoff winner or a Super Bowl winner? Not necessarily, but 
Now, I, I also am not going to count them out because they have all the things that you need to to be a great football team um, outside of maybe, like, huge play guys. Um, well, they're huge play guys, T.Y. Hilton. Which is kind of why it's like, I don't know, you know, he he's kind of on the, the downslope, I think, on the back half of his career now. He's still well, a productive, think, no, still a productive think, player. I think, I think he just got, like, last season was, a like, a down year no, for him, he, but he just got all of the no, attention. I had, I had him on my fantasy team last year. He, so did he, I on he, one of my other ones. Yeah, he's a he's still a very productive player, but that's not where their strengths lie. Their strengths lie in the offensive offensive line, the defensive front seven, the running backs. Well, I mean, Quentin Nelson got hurt too. That, no, and, and that that's a huge loss. That's that's definitely the biggest loss for their team, even more so than Wentz, because I do think that they have a couple of good young backup quarterbacks, but. In order to be like a playoff team and and win a game in the playoffs, they need wins to be healthy. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, all right, let's get into some quarterback competitions that have gone on around the league. Um, well, I guess we'll start off with the two that got decided today. Yep. Um, we were preparing to talk about Trevor Lawrence versus Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke, but I woke up to news this morning that both Trevor Lawrence and Teddy Bridgewater were named the starting quarterbacks for both the Jaguars and the Broncos. So, I mean, I thought it was a no-brainer that Trevor Lawrence was going to be starting. I think everyone was saying yeah. that it was a competition down there in Jacksonville, but everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was going to start week one. Yep. And then as far as Teddy Bridgewater goes, he needed to win that job. If he didn't, I don't think he would have been able to recover uh, from that. You know, Jaguars had to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think that the, there was a comp the only reason there was a competition is because Gardner made it. So, um, at least he gets to take a shit now, though. No, nah, I mean Gardner went for it. He and he went. He went all out to win that job, which is what you want. Um, but Lawrence, number one pick, Jacksonville fans would would be, I mean, chomping at the bit to get yeah. that kid on the field. So, Trevor Lawrence is a no brainer. Denver, I'm really happy that Denver didn't overthink this and force Drew Lock because. Teddy Bridgewater is the better player, and yeah. you got you got to win now. And Teddy has had such a great last two years with the Saints and the Panthers. He's shown that he's a starting quarterback in this league. He's a productive quarterback in this league, and this Broncos team is going to be. I mean, I think that he wins two or three more games than if Drew Lock starts. I mean, I think oh, he's yeah. that, I think he's that much better than Drew Lock. Drew Lock, he was a young guy. He was exciting, um, big arm, athletic, but. It just was he just doesn't have the juice. I mean, he hasn't been able to like take that step and carry this team. Um, and and it's good that they can just instead of keep forcing to try to get this younger guy to become their their franchise quarterback, you know, get Teddy in there to win you some games and get your franchise on the right, you know, right path to win a Super Bowl now more than later. Definitely. And I mean, listen, with Teddy, I think like you said, he gives you the the best chance to win. My only concern is, can they protect him? Yeah, I mean, that's the question for every team. I mean, that's there's fair. really only, like, five good offensive lines out there. It's it's a tough job. It, it's not easy. These guys on the edge are But athletic. I'm saying with his play style, it's it, – No, no, yeah. I mean, it, that's – I think that that's – it truly is. That's the question for so many quarterbacks is, are, they, are you going to have prote protection? Yeah. Now, all right, Chicago, we got rookie Justin Fields versus the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. I think personally they just need to go with Justin Fields to get his development started and all of that, but I think ultimately Dalton will start. But the second he does something wrong, those Chicago fans are going to be yeah. calling for Justin no, Fields. Yeah, again, unfortunately, I think Andy Dalton's a better quarterback today as far as like giving your, your your team the best chance to win just because being a rookie quarterback's tough. Like Jacksonville, I don't think, has any shot at winning games, so fuck it. Like throw your young guy. But Andy Dalton, the Chicago Bears team, you know, they could win games. Um, and now I do believe that Justin Fields is your guy. Like, you need to get him on the field as soon as possible, um, which is why I think that he'll be starting by the end of the season. But to week one, I would go with Andy Dalton. Well, um, week one, they got the Rams in L.A., so that's a week, tough matchup. Week one, I would go with Andy Dalton just to keep, you know, I'm a big, big guy on, like, you know, getting your court, young quarterback ready to go so he's successful. Um, but Fields, Fields to me is the best quarterback of the bunch. I said it at the draft. I think that this kid, you know, obviously it's tough to say he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence, but he's right there. I think he's going to be a special quarterback. He's going to be a franchise quarterback. And the Bears, I think, got huge, incredible value for Justin Fields at that spot. 
I think he has a better career than Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Um, Justin Fields is going to be a stud for the Bears. Yeah, no. You just I'd... want him to succeed. You don't want him to go out there, go 0 and 4, 1 and 3, and just get murdered. You know, let Andy Dalton do that. Well, I don't, see. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to get the opportunity to do that. He'll get the opportunity if he starts Week One. He'll get the opportunity to go one and three. But at that point, that's when they'll probably switch it up. I don't know. You can't take him out at a first loss. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The next one we got, we got, uh, we'll stick with the rookies. Uh, rookie Mac Jones versus Cam Newton. Mac Jones, uh, I think he's going to be the starter week one, especially after Cam has to miss five days for not using approved COVID testing while away from the Patriots on an approved medical visit with a doctor outside of England outside of England, outside of New England, excuse me. But, I mean, this is Cam having to miss these five days this week. It's the perfect opportunity for Mac to steal the job from Cam, and I think ultimately it's what the Patriots and Belichick want. Or show that he's not ready, one of the two. Tyler, he went 20 of 23 in team drills against the Giants today. That's fine. I I, I could throw up massive stats in some of the football. There's no pressure. It's different. It's not. No, I, I know, mean, but they it, had a joint practice with the Giants today. He wasn't going against his no, defense. No, that, that's good. That's not bad. You know what I mean? That's not a bad sign. That's a good sign. No, it's a great sign. But that's not a, that's not a, uh, you know, Cam needs to be the starter of this team to start out. I think that if they want to win football games, I, I, and I do believe that the Patriots are more patient than not. So I think that they're going to end up sticking Mac Jones on the bench. I don't know, man. I, I just think this is literally, like, with Cam having to miss this time, it's too perfect of an opportunity. And if he comes out bad, you know, it's going to be hard to go to Cam, Cam Newton. Tyler, he got a standing ovation in Foxborough. No, that's like that's, they, Yeah, that's He fine. is being primed to start Bill week Belichick one. Bill does not give a shit about any of that kind of stuff. I mean, he Mac Jones is going to get his time, but it's, it's a lot harder to go to Cam Newton. Like, can you imagine starting your rookie quarterback and then benching him? I mean, that's tough because now you're like, all right, well, what's this kid's future? But if you start Cam Newton and go to Mac Jones, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no, like, you either win with Cam Newton and you're winning or you lose with Cam Newton, you put in your rookie guy. I just think Cam Newton is so not the quarterback Bill Belichick wants to have under center for the Patriots because of the play style. And I know that they went and got him last year, but I think that's just because he was the best available quarterback at the time and they needed to replace Tom Brady and, oh, hey, a former MVP is available. Bring him on in. Hey, but, no, no, he's a good filler. And, and and I think that he's a competitive guy, which is what Bill Belichick likes is his leadership and competitiveness and all that. But, I mean, they also, like, you know, they invested in a, a couple good tight ends. They invested in a Nelson Aguilar, who is more of an over-the-top guy. These and are, they these invested are, in a first-round QB. These are things that Cam Newton has had success with, though, in the past. So they're ready for either one. We shall see. We shall see. All right. The last rookie quarterback battle we'll talk about, because uh, obviously I think it's a foregone conclusion. Zach Wilson's going to be starting for the Jets. Yeah. Um, rookie Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. I think ultimately Jimmy G starts for the 49ers, but – Similar to Chicago, I think the second Kyle Shanahan has the chance to put Trey Lance in, he's going to. Yeah, this is a weird one. This is a really weird one because Jimmy's in his prime. They were in the Super Bowl a year ago. They paid him all that money. They, I mean, they're only one Super Bowl removed. You know, it's it's this is a team that's ready to win. So I got to imagine they go with Jimmy G. And Trey Lance is the youngest of those five first-round quarterbacks. I think he's 21. And so you got you got time. That kid's raw. The Trey Lance is going to be a good player, but he's raw. So um, <laughs> I, I like Jimmy G to start and Trey Lance to to come off the come off the bench this year. And and honestly, I think the Niners are going to be competitive enough to where we might not see Trey Lance as like a full time starter this yeah, year. Yeah, that that could very Until well be maybe true. like a week 16, 17 type of start. Well, hopefully like the, the, the hopefully Vick. the Forty Niners don't need to rest anybody come the come the end of the regular season. Because no, no, no we like want the... Michael, like like Michael Vick's rookie year, the Falcons were like competitive, and then they were out of it the last three games of the year. Like they were they were in it like with three games left. Got it. Take a loss, and they're like, okay, now we're actually out of it. Got it. Okay, we'll give our rookie quarterback a couple starts at the I end see what of the you're year. Saying. I thought you, you were know? saying to rest guys because no, they. No, I mean, yeah. Well, it I is the rest guys. But... No, I don't think the Niners are that team. 
I think more more likely they're like a team that's like six and six, still in it, lose, and then realize like, fuck, we might as well go to our young guy. We're probably not going to make a push. Yeah. And by the way, for the record, Trey Lance is twenty one, and his birthday's May 9th. so day before day day before mine. So he's young. Yeah, he was born in the year two thousand. That's crazy. I mean, two thousand. Yeah, I mean that's nuts. I knew that kid. That kid's raw. Yeah, but long, no, long, lanky, huge arm. He could he could be he could end up being a special player if they can groom him right. Yeah, and and I think you're right. I think. San Francisco, they're looking to bounce back from last year. Obviously, Jimmy G was hurt last year, so he didn't get the chance to really play. He's looking to have a bounce-back season. If he plays well enough to keep them in the hunt for long enough, I do think he will yeah. be the, the starter long-term. For they them. have enough pieces. I, I don't really like the Niners. I, I, I hate the Niners. I definitely don't like their offensive uh, skill players, but they've got a solid defense. They've got a solid offensive line. You know, that's th- Those things typically take you a long ways. All right, the last one we got, and I think, honestly, it's the most interesting, aside, obviously, from the rookie drama, but the Saints. Yeah, the, this they, one's this one's interesting. They got to fill Drew Brees' shoes, and it's a battle between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, and honestly, Tyler, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Yeah, I think I do. I think that it's Please, not, enlighten it's, me. I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, it's something that you can put in a box that we've seen before. I think they roll with two quarterbacks. It's going to be just like you just think they split time. I think they split time. It's going to be like Jameis was Drew Brees. Uh, Jameis will get a little less snaps than Drew Brees did, and Taysom Hill is going to have all of the same packages. I think that Jameis Winston, I'm not a huge fan of, but the one thing that kid can do is push it, and he pushes it, and that's why pushes it down the field. That's why he has a lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions. And hopefully the second year with LASIK works a little better. And with with the Saints and that kind of mentality and the kind of weapons they have on offense, I mean, Jameis could go out there and throw two interceptions and still win the game just because they're so – I mean, Sean Payton is such a guru on offense. Well, and they still so, got Alvin Kamara, and if Michael Thomas can be healthy and – Yeah, and, yeah. Drop, drop back passer, Jameis is, is, is better than, than Taysom Hill. I don't know if Taysom Hill can be a full-time starter, but he's a great. I don't think he he's, can. He's a great compliment. I don't think. Um, so I, I don't understand the hype between you, Taysom Hill. You see, oh, dude, he's a Swiss Army knife. No, he I met, get no. He, he I, saves I, you a bunch of money. I get that. I, I, that probably came out wrong, but it, I never understood why Sean Payton came out and said, "I see Taysom Hill as my Steve Young," because, yeah. like you just said, he can't be a full-time starter. Well, that's us talking. I mean, I, I, who knows? You know, maybe he can be. We haven't, like, seen him try. And we'll see if he starts week one. But, that, that see, it's like I don't really care who comes out, who trots off onto the field for the first play for the Saints offense. No, it's who finishes I, the game. I know that if I'm a defense and I'm, and I'm scouting the Saints, I have to prepare for both guys. Oh, yeah. And, that, and, and that's going to be – that's why I don't think they're going to have a true quarterback one. This is going to be a true split time – this is going to be something we haven't seen in, in a long time, if ever. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we've ever seen something like this. There's been things similar, but, I mean, we got to see how this plays out. I think that this is going to be the closest thing that we ever see to someone going, like, you know, 70-30 or 60-40 as far as, like, percentage of the snap counts. I think Jameis is going to get 60-70% of the snap counts, and Taysom is going to get 30-40%. Taysom's going to have more gimmicky calls and plays and packages than Jameis because Jameis is more of a traditional guy, but they're going to be able to work both in the game. It's yeah, and be, I mean, we could see both of them tough. out there at the same time. Oh, you will. A ton. You'll see. You'll, they'll they'll have Jameis split out wide. It's going to be it, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what the Saints do here because, um, you know, it's just such an interesting dynamic that there's not a lot of, like, examples of the past. Yeah. But all right, you got you got anything else from from any other quarterback competitions? I think these were pretty much really yeah, the only yeah. ones. Yeah, no, I think those are, I think for the most part people have made the right decisions with the veterans and the rookies. Um it's always a tough choice, but Yeah. All right, let's hit the hometown headlines, Tyler. What do you what's been going on with the Seahawks? Well, um you know, one of the biggest I think first of all, we we had a a a lackluster offseason as far as signings trades draft um because we tr- we paid the people that we needed to pay um so i i in that sense i think that we did a good job um we paid uh let's see here um, 
we paid Chris Carson, we paid Jamal Adams, we paid Carlos Dunlap, we paid Michael Dixon, and we played Tyler Lockett. That sounds about right. Those are, those are all the so guys you needed to pay. We, we traded for Gabe Jackson, which is an offensive lineman. He replaces Mikey Potty after retirement, and we only had three draft picks. So it was a very lackluster, um, you know, free agency uh, trades and draft, but we brought back the talent that we needed to, to bring back. Including so, Russell Wilson. Including Russell Wilson, which, you know, that ended up being all smoke and mirrors. Yes, you were right the whole time. I know, um, I know. But, but, I mean, it's, it's you know, hey, not everybody has got a pulse on the Seahawks, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think the biggest um, headline is who we didn't get, and that's K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright's a, an original Legion of Boom member. Yes. He's one of the longest tenured guys, I would say. Uh, I, the only guys that are with him is Bobby and Russ that have been there the whole way. Um, and we've been in we've been in negotiation battle a whole off season. I think it's stalled out to where it's not going to happen. He's going to end up playing for another team this year. Um, and so I think you know not having KJ Wright, this is you know I hate to say it, but this is probably the worst defense I've seen on paper Oof. since you know Pete Carroll's been here. Now, yeah. now you know we have Bobby, we have the best linebacker in the game, and we have Jamal Adams, who I think is a top five playmaker on defense in the league. It's a like, good start. It's a great start. And those guys, you know, we're going to see some guys step up. I think, you know, if it, hopefully we see some guys step up that we may not know their name today, but because they get to play next to a Jamal Adams, they get to play next to a Bobby Wagner. Um, they flourish and, and they're able to make plays because the, the opponent's offenses are so focused on Jamal and Bobby that similar to the Rams, I mean the the Rams last year, you know they were able to just essentially be anchored by two guys. Yeah, and everybody else's job is just so much easier. Well, when, and for the Rams, you saw guys like Troy Hill, Darius Williams, John John, John Johnson. Yeah, and Troy uh, Troy Hill and John Johnson both got paid this off season. So I, I, you know, I'll give you the I'll give you the truth. I won't be a homer. This is the worst defense I've seen on paper since it all started. That. But uh, my homer gut says that it's not going to result in the – it's not going to affect our wins and loss columns. Yeah. Um, we're going to have guys that step up, and our scheme is still solid. And we have, we have, the, mo we have the most dynamic offense we've had um, since the John and Pete era. I mean, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russ Wilson, um, Chris Carson, and in an uh, upgraded line – I mean, this is one of the better lines – that we've had uh and our and our offensive line has gotten significantly better in the last two three years so um i'm excited i mean two years ago we led the league in rushing attempts last year we were one of the most uh pass heavy teams in the league so we'll see i think we uh continue to fall on the trend of passing but we do have an offensive line in chris carson so you could see a little bit of both ultimately seahawks uh you know 10 wins yeah, and I mean, listen, I still think at the end of the day, the NFC West is the Seahawks or Rams division to take. Yeah, and I mean, the Cardinals are no fuck around either. No, it's, they're it's, not. It's, They've they, definitely they loaded to up. Play, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be a really tough division, and I think you could easily see two wild cards coming out of the NFC West. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Now, all right, for the Rams uh, here in L.A., uh, we mentioned it. Uh, it was my shout out, uh, wishing him to get well back on episode 204 cam Akers, He tore his Achilles five weeks ago. Terrible for the, the second year running back who people had a lot of high, high expectations for coming into training camp. But with that injury, he was obviously the lead candidate to be the starter before the injury. Then he goes down. Daryl Henderson jr. Gets, basically named the starting running back. He hurts his thumb a couple of days ago in practice. Luckily he avoided serious injury, but he is going to have to miss some time. Um, they only had rookie Jake Funk second year player, Xavier Jones and Otis Anderson, who they signed as undrafted free agents. And then their other rookie running back, Raymond Calais fractured his foot this week as well. So he'll miss four to six months. I go to sleep last night after putting my notes together for the show, thinking I have no idea what the Rams are going to do at running back. Then I wake up to a notification this morning that the Rams trade two conditional picks to the Patriots for Sonny Michelle. Hey. Great pickup. 
Great pickup. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, great pickup. They have a they have a good they have a good stable moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Sonny Michelle scored the only touchdown against the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I mean, since being replaced as the starter by Damian Harris and the Patriots, they still have James White. It was clear that there wasn't really room for Sonny Michelle anymore in the Patriots running back room. So the Rams, they were in need of a running back. Hey, let's go get him. Why not? And I mean, like I said, I think it's a great move for the Rams because Michelle is really a North to South runner. He's a, he's a power back. And I mean, I just think it's a different dynamic to this run game that I think they were really missing because Daryl Henderson, who they were going to have as the starter until he got hurt, he's more of a passing change of pace type of back. Yeah, and so so many of these guys are not built to be three down guys. Anymore. Yeah, they're specialists or they do what they do. So yeah, and I mean, listen, Michelle's going to have to get. Sonny Michelle was, I mean, he was highly sought after at one point. So he's a Georgia know, he's Bulldog still, running back. Like he he just comes like, just like Nick from Chubb, a long line Nick of Chubb, them. Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley of late. God damn, what a stretch and. uh <laughs> Um, that's a great pickup for the Rams. I mean, it really is. That's it, there was not a lot of there's not a lot of great options out there. No, and I mean, listen, they may have like I just named off of like four rookies that they have as running backs technically on the roster, but it, they don't really have any depth at running back. And and getting a guy like Sonny Michelle and then Cam Akers coming back next year, I think the the late the Lakers the Rams they're they're looking good. I'm looking at Tyler wearing well, a Kobe and they, jersey, and, and they you know and they run a three wide receiver set 95 percent of the time. So exactly. that running back's going to be complemented with speed on the field. And realistically, when Cam Akers went down, I, I I'm pretty sure I said it then. I don't really think the running game was going to be a main focus of the offense with bringing in a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. No, no, you bring in a guy like Stafford to throw 50 times. A game. Exactly. So. I mean, hey, getting Sonny Michelle, I think it's a great move. And then I mentioned Matthew Stafford. He's looked good in camp so far. He he hasn't played in the preseason yet because this is the fourth year in a row since Sean McVay has been the coach that the team is resting all of their starters during the preseason. So we, we haven't gotten a chance to see him in a Rams uniform in game action yet, but week one we will. Yeah, I mean, that, it's the, the, the Rams offense is going to – take off i mean what mcveigh did with jared goff it's like it's gonna is, get magnified so yeah, much with stafford. like stafford's arm talent is one of the best leagues ever seen so it's gonna be fun to watch yeah and i mean we we already talked about the rams receiving core a bit when we were talking about fantasy at the the beginning of the show but cooper cup robert woods we got second year receiver van jefferson and then rookie tutu atwell looking to make names for themselves I think van jefferson's got real promise he looks like he's somebody that could really be a oh, player yeah. um and fill in that third spot and deshaun jackson's gonna be great for all those guys yeah if jackpot can stay healthy that's that's the biggest he, key and he's a great locker room he'll, he'll be great for those young receivers that you know kind of looked up to his game over these last 10 12 years oh yeah without a doubt now the rams they did lose their defensive coordinator from last season brandon staley he got hired as the chargers new head coach after they got rid of Anthony Lynn. So we have newcomer Raheem Morris, who, funny enough, he used to rent my aunt and uncle's house in Virginia when he was a coach for the the Washington football team back in Damn, the day. That's crazy. Yeah, funny enough. Yeah. Uh, apparently he wasn't the greatest tenant. But Oh, no, don't listen to the show. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but Raheem Morris, he took over the defense after being hired this offseason, and I saw during one of the preseason games that uh, Aqib Tlaib, he was on the – the call as part of the broadcast team. He was interviewing Jalen Ramsey during the game because obviously Jalen wasn't playing. Uh, but Jalen was saying how he was really excited to show some things that he hasn't been able to show as a defender based on some of the schemes he's been been in uh, under previous defensive coordinators and, and other coaching regimes. So I'm excited to see what Jalen Ramsey can do out there. Obviously, Darius Williams had the breakout year yet, uh, last year. That's obviously why the Rams felt comfortable letting John Johnson and Troy Hill go uh, this offseason and obviously bringing back Aaron Donald. I think the best player, no matter what position they play, the best player in the NFL, bringing him back, I just I think the Rams are going to be another dominant force on defense this year. Yeah, I mean, they're set up. They, they got the, the star power does a lot for you in the NFL. Yeah, and listen, I mean, with the addition of Matthew Stafford and everything we've talked about, I think – like we said, it's 
the Rams or Seahawks division to lose. And I mean, the Cardinals, they loaded up on a lot. They got JJ Watt. They, um, AJ Green. A, yeah, AJ Green. Um, they, I feel like they picked up a running back too. I think they also got another receiver too. No, oh, nah, I mean, they, yeah, the, I mean, the Cardinals, it's just like Kyler Murray's progression mixed with D Hop and, and these guys is just crazy. Yeah, no, it's okay. Oh, they got Malcolm Butler, AJ Green. Um, Jeez, I'm trying to pull up this list. Obviously, JJ, Malcolm Butler, AJ Green. Those are those are the biggest names, really, I see on here. Yeah, I mean, really, they're just counting on Kyler's progression. You know, this kid's going to be, you know. Yeah, another year good, with Cliff Kingsbury. It's, a good quarterback can do a lot. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that's it for the hometown headlines. Have you been keeping up with Hard Knocks, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I missed the last episode or the last night's episode, but uh, I watched the first two, and you know, it the Cowboys, it's tough. I mean, the I Cowboys it, bring a lot of production value, you know, but God, I, I'm just not a fan. I just think it's been such a boring season it, for it, Hard Knocks. It has, like, even last year with the Rams, it was like kind of like it was just different. Well, it was Rams and the, Chargers. Yeah, the Rams and Chargers. You had the COVID stuff, and it was just you had two teams and. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, but they were working with a different this this year it's just like, I don't know. Just I mean, are the Cowboys interesting in anybody? Well, I mean, everyone would have you would think that the the Dak storyline with him coming back from injury was gonna be interesting, but then he gets hurt again with his shoulder and now we don't know what's happening with that. Yeah, and and it's just like that that offensive line isn't the same. And I mean Zeke, you would think is a, a character, but they haven't really highlighted him that much. And like Michael Micah Pearson, you know, their their first round draft pick, he plays the position of their like best players. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, sorry. Um, he plays the same position as their best players on defense with Jalen Smith and Sean Lee and um Demarcus Lawrence. Well, no. Or not uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh um the kid from Boise State. Vander oh, Lee. Van Der Esch. Yeah, it's like Yeah, he's he, he's an edge guy. Well, he's a linebacker. It's just like, I mean, it, it's just, it was kind of head-scratching. I mean, Micah is a stud, so well, it's going to work out. But what I will say, Tyler. You drafted talent where you already had talent. Yeah, and I mean, what I will say, I think, as far as Hard Knocks itself, I think the first two episodes up against the third episode, I know you haven't seen the third episode yet, but I showed you the opening scene so we yeah, can talk yeah. about it. But I think the third episode was probably the most entertaining. Um, they highlighted this fourth generation cowboys employee who's like a mailroom guy where like his like great grandpa like worked for the team back in like the 60s or something and then yeah. he hired his grandpa who hired his father who hired him type of yeah. thing um but like he was Dak Prescott's spades partner and then he like they like lost a game or something and so they broke up as partners and then they brought him back so it was like uh Dak and Micah Parsons versus Zeke and this mailroom guy playing yeah. spades in one yeah. scene and um like the mailroom guy was just talking a whole bunch of shit to Dak and like he I don't I don't want to spoil it for you but um but yeah then the opening shot I showed you the drone shot yeah now that shit was dope I mean that, that, that was insane that's that's Hollywood type shit I, well, mean, I, I said that, that are, I think it was the most impressive cinematic scene shot I've ever seen yeah I mean people are paying a lot of money to get get shots like that yeah now some fun facts for you Tyler I, I wanted to save these for the show so I could get your instant reaction and so the fans could hear it but they used a GoPro attached to a drone for that shot. They, the the shot itself took 15 tries to get that all-in-one shot. Yeah, yep, it's a, it's a long shot. They got it on the 15th and final try. They were on like a three-hour time limit because in that little indoor 12,000-seat yeah, yeah, practice facility, they had a boxing match. Oh, that night in there yeah so they had to get that shot done before they had to bring in everything to set all yeah. everything up for the boxing match so it took 15 tries they got it on the 15th try it was it was just an unreal shot it's an unbelievable shot i mean it, it it's uh it's it's pretty crazy that you know what these people can do with drones nowadays yeah um some other Funny uh, highlights, I think, from the first two episodes were Jerry Jones putting salt on his McDonald's breakfast sandwich. Yep, that shit was so fucking... 
Gross. You think he's an Egg McMuffin guy or a McGriddle guy? I think he's an Egg McMuffin guy <laughs> since the fucking 70s. <laughs> um, and then the Rams had a joint practice with the Cowboys, and that had two fights in it. So yeah, that was pretty stupid. cool. It's just like you're in L.A. Yeah, because the Cowboys, Cowboys have a huge fan base out here. Yeah, well, the Cowboys, they do their training camp in Oxnard. Yep. Um, and they, they've done that for years. So, um, but like we said, it's been a pretty boring season of Hard Knocks. No, it has. I mean, it, it's it, and now it's been two in a row. So, hopefully next year they get back to kind of the gritty, you know, find that undrafted player that's fun to follow. Find, you know. Did you see get back all the, to kind of the classic shit. Did you see what LeBron tweeted about Hard Knocks today? No. Oh, like LeBron was saying how much he loved like Hard Knocks and thought it was cool and and like wishes the NBA would do that. And I was like, well, the Lakers already kind of do that with backstage Lakers for the the Lakers channel, the the Spectrum Yeah, I mean, everyone does it like for their local news networks. But what someone brought up to me on Twitter, uh, Jason Maple, shout out to him. He's great, great follow as a part of NBA Twitter. Um, He brought up the fact that Hard Knocks is like TVMA, like explicit, unfiltered. And that I think is what Hard Knocks has over any of those like backstage access that's things. why it's not the same yeah we're talking about a documentary essentially like a backstage a real document you know unfiltered show. right it's like if backstage lakers that's why could hbo go, that's why it's on hbo exactly it's like the lakers channel they're constrained to fcc stuff yeah, no nah, nah, that's not yeah, it's not, that's the not same. that's not the same every every single nba team has a local backstage you know network a, a backstage I don't, every, pass I don't think every team does yeah they, they all do come meet the equipment manager let's check out the locker room let's see what the guys you know what i mean yeah but i'm saying like backstage lakers is like a weekly show on yeah, the yeah. lakers but channel. it's like i mean i remember that kind of shit with this with the sonics growing up you okay know i mean just like on channel 11 or 13 or yeah like, they might do like a small feature well, on the news yeah, about it but it was like weekly you know it wasn't their own network but okay. it's like all the you know, Kevin Calabro and all the, you know, Pacific Northwest, like Fox Sports News or like Fox, uh, Fox Northwest, you know, yeah. they would do all that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Backstage passes, That's you know, cool. like meet the players, like here's our rookies or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not just like the star players, you know, you meet your role players and all that kind of stuff. All right. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I had never seen something like that till hard knocks. And then when the Lakers got backstage Lakers for their network, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool that they're doing something like hard knocks. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the way for like these teams to, to reach out to the communities, you know, when it definitely with like back in the day when cable was like the main, you know, main thing, you had a cable access show. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, you, you got anything else for us from the world of football? No, man. No, I'm ready to rock full on with fancy football. Yes. Now, next week uh, for the show, we're trying to get the mogul guys back on the show. We we got to figure out uh, some scheduling stuff with them, uh, but we're going to talk to them hopefully next week or in the near future about all of the NIL stuff and the potential super conferences that, that could be coming to the NCAA and all of that. Um, but – also, we will make our predictions for like our Super Bowl winner, uh, NFL awards, and all of that next week on the show as well. Um, but all right, you got any uh, shout outs before we get out of here? Damn, it just escaped me. You do yours. Oh, I th- I'm pretty sure I sent you one. I just I, I sent just, you I sent you one that I wanted to be your shout out. I just had one on the tip of my tongue. Damn it! There you go. That's your shout out, Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, Matt Hasselbeck and Mike Holmgren to be the Ring of Honor. Yeah, for the Seahawks. Yeah, that's pretty lit. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck's a legend. Led him to their first Super Bowl. Um, he is the guy that I went to all of his quarterback camps and stuff like that. So that's a good one. Yeah. So Adam Schefter tweeted that earlier today that the, the oh, Seahawks nah, are inducting I, was, them. I was just shouting out Kobe, Kobe Bean, just that coming, was... out, coming off of his. You know, Kobe Day is like a two-day thing. It's like a forty-eight-hour thing. Yeah, no, but that Kobe Day is two days. That was actually my shout-out this week. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, coming off the twenty-third and the twenty-fourth, just will always be kind of that. Yeah. So mon- Monday this week was what would have been Kobe's forty-third birthday, and then obviously, of course, the next day, which was yesterday, Tuesday, August twenty-fourth, eight twenty-four. Uh, obviously, Mamba Day. So. Just wanted to shout out the Black Mamba and, of yeah. course, Vanessa and the girls. Yeah, no, it's still, still. Uh, still, you know, just on everybody's mind. Yeah, I I, I just 
it still doesn't seem real to me that Kobe and Gianna are gone, and I, I don't think I'll ever accept it. No, it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah, but we just had to sneak that one little basketball bite in yep. there. No, yeah, no, that was definitely the shot out I had. My computer died, so. Oh, I got you. I knew I had one. I, <laughs> I was literally, like, panicking, trying to think of it that whole time. That's yeah. so funny. But, no, when I saw that tweet from Adam Schefter, I sent it to you, like, oh, this, sh- this should be your shout-out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 home grin era of Seahawks was, was really fun to watch, um, and they were very competitive. Yeah. So, all right, with that, that wraps up episode 208 of the Sports Kingdom show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.